You're listening to Family Personalities, a podcast where we use personality type to help change the way you think about your family. I'm Sandra Etherington, your personality type practitioner. And I'm Em Levy, personality type enthusiast. Join us while we talk about family, relationships, and parenting, all within the context of personality type. Hey to the hey to the hey to the hey. Hey, hey. <laughs> you can't see my dance since your video is not on, but I did a I did a big one today. Oh, I can see you. You just can't see me. Oh, okay. And I was like, <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm just doing this to myself. That's uh, weird. That's so I'm picking my nose right now, but you can't see. Oh, well, that's a shame. <laughs> so today we're going to do an M spends too much time on the internet segment, which is where we analyze some element of pop culture using personality type. And today we're going to talk about the musical Hamilton. Yeah. I love Hamilton. Same, same, same. What's your favorite song? Um. Oh, gosh. Uh, my favorite song to sing along with is Dear Theodosia. Oh, see, I always skip that one. Mm, it's so sweet, though. It's a dad talking about his daughter. Oh, my goodness. It's the sweetest. Hold on. I thought that Burr s- sings Dear Theodosia. Burr and Hamilton. Dear Theodosia, say to you. Yeah, but isn't she like his like love interest? Oh, well, they, he named his daughter after his woman that he had her with. No. Okay. 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 Yeah. You need to re-listen to that song. Yes, I do. Ten times. Because That's I know homework. the real Theodosia died, right? Like young. I guess so. I'm not sure. I don't know all the Okay, details. I need to go, I need to go learn all the facts about Burr and Theodosia and <laughs> what went down. So before we get into that though, you have had quite the week. Last time we talked, you had just been at the protest the night before and been shot at and now <laughs> two less than 48 hours ago you were evacuated from your home. Yeah. Tell us what's going on in your life, Em. <laughs> well, I am looking forward to a calmer week. That is for sure. Um, yeah. So there was a wildfire, but I, I think it was started uh, by a man-made thing. But it was a hundred-degree day, and um, there's a lot of brush. My house backs up to a lot of nothing, um, a, a, like a empty land, undeveloped land. Yeah, we're in we're in high desert climate. So it is we're way up high and we have forest on one side of us and kind of like more of a desert climate on the other side of us and it's really dry. It's usually not that hot. It usually doesn't get to 100 here, but it did then. It did on Friday. <laughs> and so I live more on the desert side as it kind of starts to change. And so yeah, this fire hopped the freeway and uh, I was like, oh, it's not coming for us. Like, and I, I just looked up and I was like, oh my gosh. And then the police came and they told us to get out immediately. And so basically it was our street that was immediately evacuated. Mm-hmm. But they 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 got the fire. We were able to get back in our house within like five, six hours. I mean, looking back at it now, I'm like, oh, that all wrapped up quite nicely. But during it, I was like, I just can't handle one more thing. Like I was just at a total breaking point of like, I can't do this. I can't do anymore. <laughs> like I was just done. It's so, it's so stressful because we had, we lived in Marin County during the big Santa Rosa fire and my parents were, you know, right next to the fire and it, and, you know, we had fires down near us too. And it's just like this intense, incredible stress. 
yeah, it's like, it's really hard to explain. It's a lot of anxiety. The not knowing part was rough. Just, we didn't know until we pulled up, you know, we're like, oh, okay, everything's fine. Beyond some ash and stuff like that. But yeah, it was a busy week. I feel very, kind of took this weekend to regroup. So yesterday I sat in my pajamas and watched Glow Up on Netflix and did not clean my house, did not do anything. I just needed some time to stare at the ceiling and process. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So yeah, so it's been eventful, but I am looking forward to a very calm week. It's Sean's 40th birthday is tomorrow. So mm-hmm. happy birthday, oh. Sean. Thanks. So hopefully just a fun day of celebration and uh not getting shot at, no fires. That all sounds like a really sounds like a really nice week. <laughs> Low standards now. Low standards. So they're really at <laughs> bare, 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 bare basic standards now. Well, we start so Ben doesn't start school until mid-September. Right now we're recording, it's mid-August. Um, but we are doing a homeschool trial week this week because oh. I have decided to pull my children out of school completely, which is a whole thing that I have a hard time reconciling in my head, but whatever. That's the choice we're making. And I'm going to do like our own homeschool curriculum, but I wanted to try out a curriculum before I decide to buy it. And there's some that you can like print out the first few weeks. So anyway, we are trying a week of this curriculum that I chose this week. Uh, And so I started that this morning and we wouldn't, when they first woke up, we did uh, English language arts with both of them, which <sighs> Rikers had a break from learning for a couple months. So I thought maybe his kind of thing he got in his head about, about, I don't, you know, I don't want to do learning and I, you can't make me might have eased up, especially since he did express excitement about doing homeschooling, but um, not so much. He was, uh... he didn't, he didn't want to have anything to do with it this morning. So that was kind of a bummer. Are you doing it all yourself or are you bringing someone in? So I'm doing um, reading, writing, you know, English language, whatever, with them in the mornings. This is like the current plan. And we're trying it this week and seeing how it goes. So I'm doing that in the with them in the mornings. And then around 9.15, our part-time caregiver is coming in. She'll spend four hours with them. And mostly they'll play, but they're also going to do math at some point okay. during that time. And then in the afternoons, the current plan, although we might have to just because of risk tolerance levels and and because the family that we chose might be having more exposure than I thought we originally would, we might have to change this up. But our plan was to kind of switch off where Riker goes to their house a couple of days a week and does like history. And then she comes to our house a couple of days a week and does science. And then we, maybe we'll throw in some art and whatever else there too. And then just a lot of play together because that's really important too. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the plan. I was just going to do kind of a four day a week model and then take off Fridays and weekends, but we'll see. I love that. It's just going to be interesting. You know, I think like what you're saying with like um, different families, risk tolerances, that seems to really be a difficult thing to figure out because really- you want your kids to be safe. They want their kids to be safe, but it's impossible to align two families to hang out with the same people and to have the same tolerances and same risk profiles. And yeah, it's really hard to navigate. And they all along, you know, I mean, we, we keep our communication really open and all along they've had like a higher risk tolerance than us, but just circumstantially they've just been at home because of things. And mm-hmm. so I've been okay with it. But now with school starting up, she might be sending one of her kids in person. And so uh, then I start to get nervous about it. So, but that's not even an option. 
Well, some schools are do like private schools are some of them are starting. Oh, oh and okay, then yeah, yeah. Her son is autistic, and so there's a program. Uh, okay. Yeah, that yeah, he yeah. might be able to get it to, which is great for them because he really needs that in person stuff. But it just might not fit. Fit. I'm. I'm real. I mean, I think I always knew that I had a really low risk tolerance, but it's like becoming even more clear through this. The other Same. time in my life that it was really clear was during pregnancy. Were you like a no sushi person? Yeah, I don't like sushi anyway, but oh, well, yeah, I was trying to avoid all that stuff. And I mean, although I, I attributed it, I attributed it to my, cause I had a, a, a lot of miscarriages. And so I attributed that to my anxiety during pregnancy, but now I'm kind of realizing, no, maybe I just have a low risk tolerance in general. <laughs> I think it's fine. I co-sign it. I'm feeling the same way. So um, thank you everyone for listening. Take a moment, pause the podcast, go head over to Apple podcasts and leave us a five-star review. That's so, so, so helpful. And then screenshot us, share us on social media, text your friend, tell them to check us out. That's how we grow and and we just love it. So now let's get into our M spends too much time on the internet, internet segment. Mom, you spend too much time on the internet. Okay, Hamilton. Hamilton. <laughs> Eliza. <laughs> so Riker has a friend named Eliza. And they used to live in Bend, but unfortunately they moved right at, actually right as things shut down. But every time he would say her name, I'd be like, Eliza. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That was really high on our list. If we had another one, it was definitely going to be at least some, it was going to be the middle name because it's my grandmother's name. Her name was Eliza. Um, and June's middle name is is my husband's grandmother's name. So that's what we were going to do. So I love it. So I bet it's going to get yeah. a lot of popularity. Yeah, it's a cute increased. name. It's probably it's probably good you didn't because now everyone's going to name their kid. Yeah, Eliza. there's going to be a lot of like Elizabeth's to Eliza's to Betsy's. Like uh, there, there's going to be I mean, Elizabeth has always been classic forever, but it's going to have a have a comeback again. Yeah, I agree. So where should we start? Uh, have you you haven't seen it in person, right? No. Have you? Yeah, I saw it last summer in San Francisco. Oh my gosh. That's, oh, that's right. I remember when you went to see that. That's so awesome. Yeah, it was incredible. I lo- I'm a big musical person. If you guys listened to our bonus season one episode, you probably figured that out. And um, so, and then when I first heard of Hamilton and someone said it was like rap style, I was like, oh, am I going to like that? I don't know. And then I listened to it and I was like, oh my gosh, I love it. And I even listened to it the one of the first times I listened to it, I turned it on in the car with the kids and I didn't realize like the very first line has a whole bunch of like inappropriate <laughs> for, <laughs> for my kid's age. But Riker was like, eyes got big and he's like, what is this? And so it just became kind of a family thing. We would listen to it on the way to school and everything. He's kind of over it now, but last year he really liked it. Yeah. We've had a resurgence because when it came out, we were listening to it all the time and then I just stopped. And then now I'm listening to it all the time again. When it when it came out on Disney Plus, did that research? Yeah, absolutely. Because then I had a better context. I, you know, when you listen to the music, I actually thought the storyline was different. Yeah, it makes it seem like the Eliza Angelica thing is much bigger than it is. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. listening to that on its own without context. Um, so it's really interesting to like see it in person. It's just it's so not in person, but on on Disney Plus, it's so different. Yeah, and I was actually disappointed when I 
was reading all the, cause it got so much more press after, I mean, I'm sure when it first came out, it had this much press, but it's got a lot of press after it came out on Disney plus again. Um, which is by the way, if you're living under a rock and you don't know, you can get Hamilton on Disney plus now. So just do it because it's awesome <laughs> and you need to see it. <laughs> but I was, um, it's gotten so much, like there's so many more articles coming out about it and stuff because so many people more have now have access to see it. But I was bummed to like read about some of the differences in accuracy between you know, the way they do the musical and what actually happened in history, because now mm -hmm. I feel so emotionally attached to the story mm -hmm. that they tell in the musical. <laughs> so I was like, kind of like, oh, they did the Eliza Angelica thing. Very different from how it happened in real life. How did it happen in real life? I don't know this. Angelica was actually married before. So there was no, like they make it sound in the musical, like she and Hamilton could have been together had she chosen, yeah. but she was already married. Uh, in real life. Uh, yeah. And, you know, it's it's only speculated that they had kind of a somewhat of a connection because because of a little bit of flirtiness in letters between them. Um, and it probably probably wasn't as big as it, they made it out to be. But, you know, it's a musical. You got to tell a story. And so yeah. I understand. But because I was emotionally attached to that, I was bummed to hear it. And then an, I guess just the the way they make Hamilton seemed more anti-racist than he probably was in real life was because there's record of him having procured slaves for, for Eliza's parents and stuff like that. So got it. I was a little bummed about that, but yeah, me too. Well, at least Eliza was down. Yeah. I, th I think so. I don't know. Oh, where should we start? Do should we dive in, dig into each person's personality type? Yeah. Should we type Alexander first or yeah. Eliza? Let's, uh, yeah, let's start with, let's start with Hamilton. Cause I've given him a lot of thought and I haven't looked up anyone yet to see what other people are saying about their personality types. Cause I wanted to just like do it fresh. Yeah. I mean, I feel like the other three are obvious. What isn't obvious to me is if he's an introvert or an extrovert. Really? Mm -hmm. Oh no, I would say definite extrovert. I would put him as an, what are, what are the other letters you would say? An E, well, so T, I have TP at the end. Okay. And then which one is more detailed in or S? I'm blanking right now. S. Yeah, ESTP. I would put him as an ENTP or an ENFP. And the mm. reason I say N is because of that like big idea kind of thing. Yeah, that's like, true. But he's also so good at the minutiae. Yeah. But I, to me, I see the, the big idea as being a more him. And then he mm -hmm. fills in the minutiae because he's kind of a workaholic and he knows that's what he needs to do to get his plan through and... You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. um, and ENFPs and ENTPs can actually become very obsessive about details when it's something uh, they like really care about. And you don't write the Reynolds pamphlet if you're an F. You just don't do that. Oh, God. You would think not. But um, maybe he's an unhealthy F. Mm, that's true. Because it's all about himself. And so he's, you know, looking up for himself. That's why I was thinking ENFP. But um, it could be EN ENTP. And ENTPs are kind of like big debaters. They love to debate mm. with people and like um, stir stuff up. So, well, we know he likes to stir the pot. That's for sure. Yes. So, okay, let's look him up really quick and see what people are saying. Oh, wait, what about Enneagram? Enneagram? Ooh, an eight? Mm, what do you think? A one? Um, no, not a one. Maybe a th I was thinking a three. Oh yeah, that's what I would say. A three, because I was trying to think like what 
with all the, like the trauma that he and like endured what would be the what would be the bodyguard at his door yeah i agree a three Sandra, I just heard Bill Burr's rant saying how women should be supporting female athletes and not Real Housewives who just yell at each other. That's ridiculous. Real Housewives is a sport. Join us on From the Bleachers, where we analyze the strategy and gameplay that our favorite reality stars use to earn additional seasons of play and social media fame. And if you're lucky, Sandra will pull out her apology play rubric so you can all see what an easy grader I am. I'm sorry, Mandy, but if you think Monica's apology to Heather on Salt Lake City deserved anything over a 2.5, you're delusional. (laughs) (laughs) Whether we're breaking down confrontation play, relishing the bravo, bravo, bravo moments, or awarding a tardy for the party, we are the only place you'll find in-depth analysis of the plays that your favorite housewives are making on our screens. From the Bleachers, a Real Housewives game analysis is available everywhere podcasts live. Uh, sorry, I'm having a hard time with this Google search. Hamilton songs for the types. Oh, they have like a list of which songs you should listen oh. to based on your personality type. <laughs> I saw that. Uh, let's see. I N F P yours is who lives, who dies, who tells your story, which is so funny. I don't know. I mean, I do like that story. He, yeah. Okay. So wait, where's I? He was an E N T P. Okay. Yeah, I think that that sounds right for him. Mine is history has its eyes on you. Mm, okay. I don't know. I don't know why that would be INFJ. Whatever. Yeah, I don't really know either. I think they're just trying to get some clicks. <laughs> uh, okay, who else? Eliza. Oh, wait, look, wait, look up his Enneagram. Oh, a three. That makes sense. And the eight makes sense too. But... It says true. Many pro- uh, many protagonists of Broadway musicals could be considered the achiever Enneagram type. Mm. Yeah, I mean he's so like status driven too. You always mm-hmm. talking about his name and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Okay, who who are we doing next? Uh, should we do Eliza or Burr? Let's do Burr. He's easier because there's more on him. Do his foil. Oh, I think I know what Burr is. Part of me wants to think he's the same, and that's why they're foils. But mm. what do you do think? You, do, do you think he's also an extrovert, though? No, I don't. I think he's an introvert. Mm. But then he also freaking ran for president. So that's... Yeah, yeah but remember, there's a... Well, I don't know how word for word you know everything but there's like um a part where like when he when he starts running and hamilton's and he's like he's like i'm like you i'm i'm um now i can't remember exactly what he says but it he says he says something about like how he's being more like hamilton and hamilton says how's that going for you and he goes it's exhausting oh <laughs> i missed that i missed that so yeah i i yes yeah so i think he's an i think he's my husband i think he's intj Enneagram five. I could see that. Yeah. Just like that very, like he's very, he holds all his cards close to his chest and he's, he's all that song, wait for it. You know, like he's, Mm -hmm. he's waiting for, for things. He's being very patient and he's holding his resources in and keeping them as close as he can, like a five would. Um, The internet says an INTJ. Is that what you said? Yeah. Yeah. That's what the internet says. They agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> and then let's see. Uh, okay, you're correct. Burr is a five. 
Yes. I'm so good at this now. Aaron Burr is, does that make you Theodosia? <laughs> Wait, why would that make me Theodosia? Because you're his love interest. <laughs> oh, because I'm Eric's love. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. And that's your favorite song. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure if I would marry a British soldier if we were back in the day. Maybe I would. Me too. Who knows? Like other 1-5 relationships, we can see more of Hamilton and Burr in each other than they may like to admit. The EI tells us they both they both see themselves as fact-oriented, although fives are more purely mental, where ones like their ideas and philosophies to have practical ramifications. Wait, they're saying Hamilton's a one? Uh, they said he's a ref- Let's see. Reformer, that's a one. Yeah. This is just this is just their opinion. Other people have said three. Okay. Uh, Burr is willing to switch parties whenever he sees an opportunity. When Hamilton has a chance to defend a governing document, he blows his collaborators out of the water with 51 impassioned, ar- 51 impassioned arguments for the Constitution. There's the seed of the 1-5 conflict. The tensions between the objective ideals, the one celebrates, and the five's inability to see an objective's ultimate truth. Yeah. I it's guess exactly I that conflict that sparks the duel. <laughs> I guess I could see a little bit of one in him, but I don't know. I see three more. This is on Relevant Magazine, by the way, just so I give credit. But And I could never imagine Eric doing like the flip party just to win or get, get ahead thing. Yeah. So I don't think this is like an inherently INTJ thing. But I think if you maybe have not developed that your backseat functions very well, like the the third function in line for an INTJ is that introverted feeling, which is what you lead with M or, or authenticity. And so I could see an INTJ who maybe hasn't developed that part of themselves could just like flip in order to mm-hmm. get success or get where they want to go. Whereas they, you know, as far as my husband goes, I know he's really developed that part of himself really well. And I could never imagine him just flipping, but. And like these people have been in war and trauma. So Yes. (laughs) I could see them all be in the low-functioning parts of their Enneagram. And they're orphans. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of... There's a lot of trauma mixed in. Like they yes. have, they're not going to their therapist every two weeks <laughs> and working on themselves. Like no, yeah, or understanding their motivations or whatever else. Yeah, I mean, it probably makes it easier to type them. They're just exaggerated versions of of each of their types. Yeah, absolutely, totally. Uh, what do you think Eliza is? Her enneagram. Oh, that's hard because I I don't know. I feel like you don't get as much of Eliza's personality. Um, let's see. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with ESFJ. Oh, and then you asked Enneagram. Enneagram, Mm -hmm. I'm going to go, let's see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I don't know. I guess a two. Yeah. I I co-signed to both of those. And then they're saying uh, Eliza is a two. Not only is Eliza a helper, she's also one of the she is also one of the psychologically healthiest people in the play. She's unconditionally loving, but not in a manipulative or people pleasing. She's caring without being obsessive and able to heal despite facing crisis after crisis. Unfortunately, her partner isn't as self actualized, and we see some traditional trouble spots emerge for the two of them. Don't we ever? <laughs> yeah. In a crucial turning point for Hamilton, he chooses to work while Eliza leaves on vacation. Uh, their emotional exhaustion and temporary separation leads Hamilton into an affair that doesn't just change life, his life, but it alters the course of American history. Good job, Hamilton. Yeah. 
The one-two conflict, twos can begin to be disappointed in the reality of one's idealism, thinking that ones may love humanity but have little real compassion for human people. Looking at the wake of pain, Hamilton always seems to leave behind him. It's hard to fault Eliza for agreeing with that. It's an interesting take. Yeah. Yeah, I find their their storyline together as a couple really interesting. Oh, me too. You know, I mean, his affair and then... Like she is, you know, at least the way the musical perceives it kind of is like, I mean, we're staying married like you would in those days, right? But you mm-hmm. are no longer allowed in my bed and like I'm burning all our letters and whatever. And then the fact that when they lose a child together, that actually brings them back together, I think is really amazing because that's something I think that can go the other way, you know? Yeah, typically it does. I mean, I can't imagine. She was very religious. Sean read the book, which I haven't. Mm, And I guess that was one of the things that attracted him the most to her was that she was truly like a believer and really relied on her faith and was very well informed on those types of things. So I could see maybe that's where her source of forgiveness and, you know, potentially hope came from, especially in such challenging times where I don't know how many outlets women had. I mean, I think she's just such an interesting character. I think she's the most interesting character in the entire musical. Yeah. But maybe because I like female characters. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I like that she kind of like carries on his legacy afterward and um, starts the orphanage, which is Mm -hmm. incredible. All right. Well, the only other one this one has on here is Washington. Okay. Washington. I mean, he might be another INTJ. I would think so. Or maybe ENTJ. Mm, ENTJ? Uh, yeah, I think ENTJ. Mm, ISTJ. Okay. I could see that too. The S. And then a six Enneagram. Mm, six. Okay. That loyalty. Mm-hmm. And says, if we look at the type six, the loyal- loyalist, we find a basic fear of being without support and a basic desire for security. It's hard to imagine a closer fit for the man who enters the place searching for a capable right-hand man and eventually leaves the highest office in the land to sit under his own vine and fig tree. Hmm. Okay. Enneagram Institute notes that sixes and ones share more than they don't. Ones often bring uh, bring decisiveness and a concern for order, while six brings one's awareness for others. It's no small wonder, then, that Washington chooses Hamilton to help him build America's financial foundation. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know enough about like George Washington's history, which is a shame, which I should learn more to really to really know his personality. Yeah, I don't really know that much either. I kind of want to learn all this stuff like along with my kids. That's, yeah. That's what intrigues me about like homeschooling as much as it's like a total energy suck, <laughs> which yeah. is why I don't want to do it. Uh, the actual learning along with them kind of intrigues me. And like, I'd love to like relearn history and with, with them and that'd be fun. Yeah, totally. I feel like there's so much of like early American history that I just I just know like the cliff notes and that I really want to know more. Right now I'm reading this obviously isn't early American history, but I I was watching this thing on the Smithsonian channel. It was like on the Amazon Prime or something and it was um, American heiresses in Europe or something. I forgot what the title was, but it was basically how when the American economy was booming, that's when the agriculture in wheat and whatever in in the UK was declining and these big estates couldn't couldn't afford. Um, and so they had these massive estates that they couldn't afford to refurbish or put into any capital improvements in. And 
but American women and American families wanted titles. It was it was called Cash for Class. Okay. And so there was about, I don't know, maybe like 10 episodes altogether. And it was going through the different American heiresses that married into English, married English uh, titles with their, with their dowry. And it was just really, really interesting. I mean, that's how Winston Churchill, uh, her, her, his mother, you know, was an American, Jenny. Jenny Churchill is, I'm trying to think who her parents were. Some famous, she's a very famous American heiress, but I cannot think of what her family did. Um, so it's all their stories. And I was listening to one about Peggy Guggenheim. Oh my gosh. And now I'm like reading a book about her because it was just, it's so interesting. Like, hmm. um, and I was just like, I don't know. I don't, there's so many characters and things that I just don't know. Like. Yeah, I'll be honest. My I spaced out a little bit because I have like a an aversion to history. For some <laughs> I just hated it growing up, and so I need them to like make a musical on like every yeah. topic in history, and then I'll be interested in it. <laughs> if you watch the if you watch the American Era's Cash for whatever, it's really good because it's got okay. so much. It's so juicy, like it's so okay. much scandal, and I'm like, if they had <laughs> taught us in history, and if they had led with all these crazy scandals. They would have had my attention. But if they're like on 1846, it's just like the the memorization of dates, which I think is totally and wholly irrelevant versus like the the why someone was motivated and how that is reflected in the future, you know, and the complicated nature of human beings and stuff like that. Like they would have had my attention. Yeah. Well, as Fs, we would like to know the personal stories for sure. It makes it more relevant to us. Totally. Because like... Peggy Guggenheim like slept with everybody (laughs) and she was like, like just like totally just kind of bulk convention of that time, like completely. So it's really Mm. interesting. I just thought of who we need to do. Angelica. Angelica. Yes. uh, Okay. Let's see. If if we're going by the way that, if we're going by the way the musical portrays her, Mm-hmm. She's status oriented because she didn't want to be with Hamilton because he because of his he doesn't have a name he doesn't have a family mm-hmm. or money and she married an old boring guy with yeah. lots of money mm-hmm. but that was also her obligation right supposedly per the musical but I guess in real life um, they actually had lots of sons and so that was a then that's what that's what I read anyway is that like it wasn't three daughters they actually had lots of kids and there were plenty of boys in the family to carry on the name oh oh the Skylers yeah oh okay so she just married a the boring guy for status then okay so yeah so very status focused and then that their out of their family came JP Morgan and so many famous financial people anyway oh really well mm-hmm. and I'm thinking because she she felt like she matched wits with Alexander in like intellectually I'm mm-hmm. wondering if it was that same like N because a lot of times N's find that they vibe with each other intellectually, uh, just like they have that same like ideas focused yeah kind of thing so I guess my first guess for her would be at N because of that yeah E-N-F-J what do you think I might go I might go T oh interesting yeah I mean that would I mean based on the musical a T would fit yeah, but J or P, I don't know. If we did ENTP, then she'd be the exact same type as him. Which could I don't know be. Could, could be. be. I'll go ENTJ. Yeah. And she would, I do think a three, too. I would think a three. But I could see ENFJ also. A three, um, 
because of the status thing. Mm-hmm. Could be. Let's see. One, two, maybe three. It could be one because that desire to be good and like, oh, to yeah. do the right thing could have be could be what made her marry in a certain way. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's see. Does anywhere say about her? I'm looking. Let's see. So they're saying um, that she's an eight. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, they have her as a Myers Briggs ESTP. Wow. Okay. But again, this is just somebody on the internet. This is an right. 18 year old, actually. <laughs> okay. So she was like Hogwarts House Slytherin Enneagram Type 8. Let's see. Let's see. Ask what someone else who's like uh, a one with a two wing. Okay. And then someone said they're very stuck between a one and a six. Hmm. Well, who knows? We might we might not know enough about her to say her. her okay. So these are all right. So here's their. Ah, like the different option. I like it when people have like different options because it's like understanding that like we don't have all the information we need, but like here's right. some possibilities. Yeah. A six with a seven wing, a one with a two wing, a two with a three wing. It says Angelica was very hard to type. We're stuck between one and six because she's very, very compliant. One of her defining characteristics is her self-sacrificing nature and devotion to her sister. She values duty. When she's when she meets Hamilton, she's able to correctly deduce that he wants to be with her because of her family's social status. But again, at the time, she was actually married. So, yeah, it depends. I guess are we typing the real person or are we typing the Hamilton character? Yeah, the, or that sorry, the musical character. Yeah, I, I think I guess the musical character because then she says, "There, here's the supporting lyrics. Say some men say that I'm intense or I'm insane. You want a re- revolution? I want a revelation. Listen to my declaration." Um, to be so feminine that all men are created equal. Oh, and in here, in a letter I received from you two weeks ago, I noticed a comma in the middle of a phrase. It changed the meaning. Did you intend this? Mm. Yeah, so that, I mean, that to me makes me feel like she's a one. Mm. Looking at the those little details. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe that makes her an S. I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> it's hard. It's hard because, yeah, for all the reasons we stated. That's cool. This is fun. Yeah, this was fun. All right. We have to do another and spend too much time on the internet soon. Well, tell us what you think. I am creating a, I'm going to try and create a way on the show notes on the website where you can leave a comment that other people can see. So check out the show notes, go to familypersonalities.com slash podcast, click on the episode and leave a comment, or you can send us an email familypersonalitiespod at gmail.com and let us know what you think. What do you think we got wrong in Hamilton or just, you know, did we get it right? What are your thoughts? What's upcoming next is an interview that I did with an Enneagram 8 parent. Her name is Meredith Atwood. She has a couple of books out. She's really cool. I had so much fun talking with her. And she's like stereotypical 8 parent. Like it was incredible talking to her. It was like, oh my gosh, all your like philosophies and stuff are like totally what I would expect for an 8. And she's kind of my hero. Like she lets her kids swear and (laughs) she just really wants them to be able to like stand up for themselves. She has some really interesting parenting techniques that everyone should tune in for that episode. And she's also an INFJ. And I love it when INFJs are a totally different Enneagram type from me. because I'm like, wow, that's how different I could be if I had had put a different defense mechanism into place when I was a kid. But (laughs) that's so interesting. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. And we'll see you next time. See you next time. That's it for our show this week. We would like to apologize to our children, our parents, our spouses, and anyone else we may have lovingly thrown under the bus this episode. Thank you for listening and catch us next time on the Family Personalities Podcast.